Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe and I'm Georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations, tips and tricks, products we love and brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm all right actually. I've got a bit of a sore neck because <laughs> Kit is obsessed with kissing me on the lips. I don't know if anyone oh anyone else's kid does this, right? So he like runs over to me. He grabs my face mm-hmm. and like yanks my neck and then like snogs me basically. And like obviously I don't want to like Obviously, I don't want to say to him, or like, not too much kissing on the lips, because like, I don't want to, and it's not <laughs> weird, because it's my son and like, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But he pulled my neck so hard that he's jarred my neck. <laughs> so now I'm injured because my son's snogging me. <laughs> Do you know what? This is so weird, because Go you're on. talking about kissing. That is what I was going to come on and talk to you no. about. No. Yes, kissing, because... Right, I spoke about it on Instagram maybe a couple of weeks ago, Axel kissing in at school right well anyway the situation has escalated from there oh god oh god and I just don't I mean I actually emailed the teacher and it really made me feel cringy so basically we were at home the other day and he kept going truth or dare truth or dare so we're like playing truth or dare and it was you know just like oh I dare you and I mean one of the things he said to me I dare you to stay up till 9 p.m okay like absolutely not no way I'm not doing that (laughs) And I no, I said truth, and he said you love daddy, and I said yeah, that's right. And then sometimes he said yeah, fifty <laughs> fifty. Um, and then he he said truth, so I said you love, and the girl that he'd been kissing, I said her name, right? And he right. went yeah. And then I went, oh, and I said, what do you mean you love her? And he said, well, she's my friend and I really like her. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he said, and sometimes we hide behind the trees at playtime and cuddle right and I was like okay show me how you cuddle and he showed me and it was like a full-on cuddle and then he said and she kisses my face and I was like right okay he said yeah she says come behind the trees so the teachers aren't looking and (laughs) I'll kiss your face and I was like "Mm, right okay can you show me like where on your face like where on your face does she kiss you so he's like showing me like kissing all over the face and then he kissed me on the lips and I was like oh and what do you Mm. do when she kisses you on the lips he was like nothing and I was like okay so you don't kiss her back and he was like no because she's kissing me (laughs) I was like Mm. right okay and I was like so how do you feel about that and he was like well it's lovely of course it's lovely (laughs) and I was like right okay so then you know you're like okay this is fine this is absolutely fine be a cool mum be a cool mum yeah 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 don't react don't react don't react so I'm like oh right okay well that's nice isn't it and I'm like so why do you hide from the teachers then and he was like, because she says that nobody can see. So right. then that was the bit that was like, oh, I don't know about that <sighs> bit of it. Of You know, because I'm very affectionate with Axel. I'm always hugging him. I'm, I'm always kissing him. So for him to be affectionate would be so normal because yeah. it's such a, I mean, we're, I'm probably over affectionate with him. Whereas I didn't like the fact that, they want to hide doing yeah, it. Of course, it can. Okay, so firstly, I can hear it in your voice. I think the first thing is they're both the same age. They're both in the same class. Oh yeah, right, of course. Fine. Secondly, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're gonna hide because they know they're gonna get told off. Because deep down, they're probably thinking maybe we shouldn't, we shouldn't do be it. doing this, and they know that they have that yeah. awareness at ne- like they're nearly seven, right? Well, she yeah the, yeah she's, she's seven. seven. She's probably nearly eight actually. Okay, so yeah. so so that's why they're hiding. But I can I can oh, understand. <laughs> 
also would feel the same as you and I would also want to be like, I don't really want them sneaking off behind the, That's the, the bit. bushes to it's have a kiss. It's the sneaking. It's the sneaking. So I did email the teacher and I just said, oh, I feel a bit weird emailing you about this. Um, and it's totally fine. And Axel's loving it. Like, you know, ha ha. Um, but Axel's loving it. Uh, yeah, because like, I didn't want to oh, be the mum that's like, oh my God, there's a girl kissing my son. You know, because it's not like that. He's enjoying being kissed. He's loving it. And it's on the cheek. Yeah, and, and it's on the cheek. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what I mean. But so I didn't want to like make out, you know, I didn't want to make out a big deal of the girl doing something wrong because she's not. But I just wanted the teacher to know that they were sneaking like and hiding and she said oh yeah. no she says they're not hiding <laughs> oh so everyone can see it <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone can see it and what are they gonna do about it yeah or well, nothing because she's like it's actually really normal she's like it's really normal we find not making a huge deal out of it yes it then they kind of don't do it anymore like it's it's just a fair like you know it'll be one of those things they'll go through phases boyfriends girlfriends oh you're getting married in the playground you know all that stuff yeah and then eventually you know it's it's done and and you know whatever they kind when of have you learn. booked in your therapy session about it well i'm having <laughs> therapy once a day i'm not gonna lie i feel weird i can hear it weird yeah yeah can you yeah. i think my voice changes I, yeah, oh, I think i can't breathe actually oh gee i think it's really normal <laughs> More. Like, don't underestimate, you know, the the, the, the inor- like it is a big deal. But I think if you can just take it, take no, it with a pinch I of salt and, and keep, like you said, it's a phase. And you've done the right thing because you wanted to check in. The school know what's going on. It's very innocent. And if, if, if at any point you don't like the sound of it, then just step in again. What a Lothario, hey? He'll be moving schools come September. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Well, at least my son's only snogging me and no exactly. one else. You just wait. Till it's not just oh, you. Oh, just you wait. Just you You're just wait. you wait, mum, right now. I am. I'm just a just you wait, mum. Wait, mum. Really, I just want someone else to be going through it as All well. All right, well, I'm sure it's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. Um, but you had a good weekend? I did, yeah. We had like a birthday party and the school fair and... That was it really, quite chill, which was really nice. How about Lovely. you? I was pretty sick, if I'm honest with you, on Saturday. I think I think I cooked, <laughs> basically, I don't know if I told you this, but when mum was staying, we came mm. down one morning and she'd left the freezer door slightly open, so everything inside melted. So I obviously <sighs> took what I thought, you know, had defrosted and then chucks it away. But I think I missed off some bolognese that I'd frozen. So I think it had defrosted, refrozen, and then Ooh. I had it. And so I you've was poisoned. Yourself. I basically was super sick. I didn't go to work yesterday. I was so sick. Oh um, my god! Yeah, it wasn't that fun. Uh, but I feel alright today. And then I had breakfast this morning. Like I'm in for Amanda now. Five weeks on the show. So. Wow. I feel slightly one degree under. I'm probably going to go and have a little lie down. And then I'm going to go and watch Luna's Drama Tree performance, which is happening today. Oh, my God. Do you know what? The end That's of cute, term, there's it? so many things going on. And it is actually really lovely. It's scary that they're going into the next year and all of that kind of stuff. But it is right? lovely to get. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's all happening. They're snogging oh, and they're moving oh, up a year. Oh, God. God. Oh. Um, let's get into today's conversation because it was such a beautiful chat. I can't wait for you guys listening to hear it. Um, and also lovely to get um, a male voice on the podcast, to get a dad on. Yeah, definitely. We we do want to have dads on the podcast. Um, but I guess the nature of, nature of it, you know, two women hosting, it's not always... 
I guess it's not always a reality. We don't yeah. always manage to to cure men. But specifically this topic that we're talking about, it was really nice to hear a male perspective, I would mm. say, mm. Um, because you know, with baby loss is something we discuss and let's put the trigger warning out there now. If yeah. it's not something you, you're comfortable with listening to, then don't. There were parts of this podcast we didn't know whether to keep in. So some yeah. of it is pretty raw. But we really did want to hear a male voice in this space. You know, we've heard from lots of women on this podcast um, about, you know, talking about baby loss and how they felt, but never a man. Mm. Um, and that, you know, they feel it too. They're going through it too. Well, yeah. For me, it was really incredible to hear him speak so honestly about what he went through and how he mm. was there to support his wife throughout the whole experience. And it was just, it was beautiful to hear that honesty coming out of a, coming out of a, a, ma- a man's, vo- you know, a man's body. Mm. Like I didn't, I didn't expect him to be that brutally honest and I'm yeah. so grateful both of us are really grateful to our guest today for for really going there with us because yeah, I yeah. think it will help a lot of people and before we get into the conversation today you may notice that I do go a little bit quiet at the end that is because I had a bit of a nightmare situation with uh, my mum and the airport so I had to leg it and I was really gutted to leave the end of the chat so um, yeah apologies for that but let's get into it Georgia who are we talking to today? We are chatting to the wonderful Harry Judd So normally at this point of the podcast, at the beginning, I would do a really long-winded, fancy intro. But to be honest with you, I don't think this man needs an introduction. Joining us on the podcast today is Harry Judd. Yay! Do you want a fancy one? Do all the people being like, sorry, who? What? Google. (laughs) Um, How are you? How are you today, Harry? I'm good. I'm very good. I I must admit to people listening, I was a bit late. I was only a minute later than Zoe. Can you not tell people that, please, Harry, actually? I think that's a bit unfair. Zoe was eight minutes late for her. (laughs) I, luckily for Zoe, was nine minutes late. I was just trying to avoid seeing the baby, our youngest, because he was leaving the house. And I thought, if I see him... And unfortunately, I saw him, so I had to then sort that out. Do you know what? I had exactly the same thing. In fact, I asked my mum if she could keep the kids in the kitchen as I came rushing in. And then as I rushed in, Luna came out and I just went, no, in her face. And she went, oh, and I went, I love you so much, but I've got to run upstairs. (laughs) Yeah, like a lot of good parenting skills is just like hiding, isn't it? And avoiding kids. Yeah. Yeah. What's your hiding place? I mean, mine's usually the toilet, but... I don't know. Where's yours? Yeah, don't get me started. I definitely, yeah, the, the toilet, like hundred percent. Is I mean, this is this is the main sort of uh, issue within my marriage is how long I spend on the loo. I don't know if it's an age thing, but I sit down to wee now, and then obviously when you sit <laughs> when you sit down to wee, and I'm definitely weeing a lot more in my late thirties. I find then the phone comes out. You know, and now it's a good, a wee can turn into like a good five minutes. I just don't think this is fair because, and, and I'm going to get a bit gender specific here, but I think that women, mothers don't generally get to wee by themselves. I think no. if a man is sitting, a father is sitting down on the loo, their kids are going to think that he's doing a number two and nobody wants yeah. to walk in on that. So it's actually a bit unfair of you to do that. I think it's a top parenting tip. Get a lock on your toilet door. I think that would just eliminate all of those issues, oh, yeah. wouldn't it? I haven't done it, but it would work. <laughs> Get a lock on every door. Like, Such a good house. idea. Such a good yeah. idea. <laughs> you've got a bit of a crazy house because you've got a madhouse. You've got three young kids. Just yes. like, how is the juggle? Talk us through it. You know, um, it's all right because I, th- I think for us, like two, the jump from one to two was harder. 
we have Lola, who's seven, Kit, who's five, and Lockie, who is like 20 months. And once we'd had Kit, I was like, like, that's it. I'm done. Like, this is crazy. And then Izzy kind of broke me down over the period of about a year. And I finally caved um, and yeah, agreed to have a third. But because there's basically a four-year gap between um, Kit and Lockie, you know, Lockie was born and Kit had just started school. So it's not been yeah. too bad. And I think to be honest, yeah. like all, like what I'd say to most like new parents or, or like parents, like people who have children, it depends on the child. Like our first, like Lola was so easy and still is. Like if we had three Lolas, then it would just like oh. life would just be so easy. I mean that sounds really harsh on my two boys. I love them equally. It's just you know with different personalities comes different challenges and stuff. So it's it's interesting, isn't it? How you it can is. never complete the jigsaw. As in, you know, one of them or two of them might sleep until seven. But then there's the what you never quite get that perfect picture because one of them will come in at five fifteen, like daddy, mummy. You're like, no, no, no. This, and then the other yeah. two will sleep in for another two hours. Yeah, I mean, it's fine to have favourites. It's fine to have favourites. You can have a favourite. It's also fine to have favourites. That's all right. Yeah. I do have favourites. I have, but uh, thankfully, I'm pleased to say it, it changes at different times. Be, yeah, yeah. It would yeah. be pretty weird if I had like one just favorite constantly but yeah no we had a 455 wake up call this morning from kit um oh. which was fun the thing is like with kit i mean he gets a hard time but he is our, he is our most difficult and the thing is like the way that he's difficult difficult is also the reason why he's so much fun and so like amazing and then in a way gets like you know, has amazing, more amazing things about him because he's just so out there, you know. Did um, did you find a big difference between Lola and Kit in terms of, you know, first starting off with a, with a girl and then moving on to the boy energy? How did you find that difference? Um, I mean, it literally could not have been, they could not have been more opposite, you know, like, I mean, when Lola, six months into having Lola, I was literally like, why does, why do people complain about having kids? This is like literally the most amazing thing, like, this is the easiest thing because I was like, it's just so, like, like fills you with love that I like you can that I've never experienced. So I was just so in love and just so happy, and she was just the dream baby, and I just couldn't understand like what what the fuss was about, you know. And she slept, and it was just all so cushy. And so like we quite quickly started trying for a second, and Kit was like the complete opposite, you know. <laughs> I was then like, all oh, right, okay. I get it. I get, <laughs> no, it, I get it. I get it. I get it. And I think if we'd had Kit first, we wouldn't have maybe like rushed straight into a second. But yeah, look, he's just different. And like literally they have, I mean, I, I'm not, this isn't going to sound particularly as articulate or bright, but in the most simplistic form, they're different in every way. Like their brains are different. The way they react to things, the way that they, mm. you know, digest things. I mean, some have colic, some don't, some sleep, some don't, you know. Yeah. Kit's really like hypersensitive and emotional whereas Lola's more kind of you know sort of got things at a bit of a younger age and and so yeah it was a it was a shock with Kit and and he he was he was kind of very emotional and still is um so yeah we got quite a shock there when you say emotional do you mean that he is you said sort of hypersensitive so does he does he get quite sort of deeply moved and affected by you know things that might happen to him at school or you know does he overreact in certain situations or do we get a lot of tears tantrums just explain that to us yeah well I'm pleased to say like he's actually doing great at school and like the teachers mm. you know they're like oh he's brilliant and well I we've literally been I I dropped him off a nursery once literally like I 
like with tears in my eyes. I was like, is he okay? You know, and they're like, oh, Kit, Kit's great. Oh my God, we love Kit. He's so good. And I was like, I like started crying. I was like, oh my God, he's, he's been so difficult, you know. And and then same thing with his teacher at school. But you know, they are like, he, he's very concert still and yeah, the classic kind of boy stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I think just, I don't know how to describe him. He's just really, it goes from like suddenly fine to like yeah. emotion and drama, you know. And But he's also so, you know, kind and sweet and sensitive. And, and, and actually having Lockie has, we were kind of worried thinking, oh God, how's he going to respond to having a baby brother? But he has literally, Lockie's nearly two, and for two years, Kit has been nothing but sweet and kind mm. and cuddly and just sweet and just lets Lockie gives Lockie what he wants doesn't doesn't sort of get upset with him you know and that's really I think a testament to his his actual character so that's, that's, that's actually lovely. yeah that's so nice to hear because you hear so much of like oh middle child middle child or oh, what are they going to be like and actually it's lovely mm-hmm. that it's it's not not been that way at all now um you mentioned that when Lola was born maybe six months in you thought oh you know this is this is a breeze but I guess yeah. You're getting to have your first child wasn't a breeze. Do you want to just t- like take us back there and, ha- and how that was for you? I mean, we've had Izzy on the podcast. We've, we, you know, we heard her side of the story, but we'd love to hear yours. Yes. Um, and also just quickly before I forget, the whole middle child thing, I think it's, I think it's bollocks personally, because the minute Kit was born, he was difficult, right? He didn't, wasn't born and was like, Oh, I have an older sister. I'm going to be a middle child. I'm going to be a pain in the ass. Like, so you think that's just a label that people that, that people like is. to, to mean, name the tricky one? <laughs> well, like maybe like when they're older, it's a thing. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. So and also, as you said, like I have just described having Lola the first one's been super easy. I mean, that was my take. I'm sure Izzy would say differently. Bear in mind, she was the one breastfeeding. Yeah. like getting mastitis um going through like hormonal changes but for me um she did great and it was it was amazing yeah so we got married in 2012 um in december 2012 and we kind of rather naively thought oh let's let's start a family izzy left the scala which was the classical string quartet that she did yeah had success with on britain's got talent and she wasn't really enjoying it anymore didn't enjoy the traveling we just moved in together and we were like, oh, let's have a family. And actually, she, you know, if anyone listening who listened to Izzy's episode, I don't know if she talked about this, but the first month of us trying, like her period didn't come. And I was like, that's easy. And was I remember she was on the loo doing like a pregnancy test. And I remember I was kind of welling up thinking, oh, wow, this is the moment. Yeah. That she's going to tell us, tell me we're pregnant. And I was like, I can't believe this. I'm going to be a dad, you know. And it was negative, and and all it was was that her period didn't come, and then her period proceeded not to, to arrive, and she started to feel these other kind of symptoms. So you know, she'll be the first to admit, and I'm not too dissimilar. She's a bit of a worrier, so she went on all these tests and was diagnosed with polycystic ovaries. Right. Um, she then got given all the pills and things to take, you know. There's so many different names, and I can I can remember a few of them, but they're definitely be saying it for the wrong thing. But Izzy became like an expert in the topic, so she started taking all these pills, and we tried for another six months. And the side effects of all this sort of medication were not particularly nice. She felt very bloated. She sort of gained weight. She sort of 
didn't feel good in herself. It was a really difficult time. I remember I was on tour and she sort of came with me and it actually really affected her anxiety and she was kind of, you know, not that I ever felt she needed to feel this, but she felt, I think, very embarrassed. She was always like hoodie on at the front of the tour bus, kind of wanting to just, you know, hide it. It was a difficult time. Um, mm. And then we decided to do IBF. I don't know, the whole thing, I, I was sort of a bit, I don't know, I was kind of like, we need to do this now like is it what's the rush kind of thing but turns out Izzy you know was right and first round it it worked she got pregnant and then sadly she had a miss we had a miscarriage um at eight or nine weeks um which was pretty intense and then from the second round of IVF uh, we had Lola so from the point of getting married and starting to having Lola was about three years and it was quite um I mean particularly busy uh, it was it was quite a, a journey we'll be right back after this short break hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? We, we hear a lot of female voices on this podcast mm. talking about baby loss and miscarriage, but there haven't really been any, any fathers that have come on and talked about the impact that it had on them. Could you just give us an insight into what that was like for you having to, you know, be on stage, perform, you know, go on tour, kind of present in a certain way, but have a lot of trauma going on in the background? Yeah, I think, well, actually at the time Izzy had her miscarriage, I wasn't on tour. I was, it was kind of Christmas time and, and we were driving back from some family and she just suddenly was like, oh, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling right. I just don't feel right. And bear in mind, obviously, you know, the weeks previous, we're kind of naming the child and talking about our future and stuff as you do. And then the next morning we had our first scan. And now I know normally you wouldn't go for a scan that early, I don't think, but because it was IVF, mm. I think Izzy was very keen to go and have a scan. And so we had a scan booked for the next morning. And that night we went to bed and it was kind of a bit eerie. We were at home and our cat at the time, well, it was Izzy's cat really, like came and sat on, both cats in fact, or two cats, both came and sat on Izzy's tummy and they would never like sit together that, mm. ever. And I remember we like, put the fire on and I made her some toast and she was just feeling very fragile. And then the scan for some reason was really early in the morning and I got up, I went downstairs to make some tea and Izzy kind of cooled down, you know, Harry, you know, that sort of adrenaline-filled voice. And it was, like I said, Christmas time. Like, so it was dark outside. And I just remember the panic, you know, in her voice. And she was sort of like, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, you know. And, and I sort of ran upstairs and, you know, just sort of said, it's okay, let's get in the car. And I shut the, the toilet seat because um, it was, you know. And I think that was the thing that kind of stayed with me the most was – we went and had the scan and it was quite silent. And we went on the screen, there was nothing there. You know, um, our lovely doctor sort of, you know, said, yeah, I'm afraid, obviously there's nothing there. 
also in animal medical terms. Um, and then we just sort of went home in silence. And I asked him actually at the end of the appointment, I was like, what, what do I do? Because I was like, the fetus, like, the, it's in the yeah. loo. I was like, that mm. just seems so undignified. Like, what, what do I do? And he said, well, you know, people, you could take it out. Some people may bury it in the garden. Or, wow. You know, and I was just like, what? You know, because it's eight weeks. It's not yeah. like... Mm-hmm. a recognizable sort of human form really and I remember I just walked in the front door and just thought I'd just deal with this and I just went upstairs and I just flushed the loo and because I just thought I don't know and that was just my instinct and whether it was right or wrong I don't know yeah. but for me it was the right thing and I just think that was the thing that really stayed with me just how do you sort of place your feelings with that sort of eight week old you know fetus um, yeah and then, yeah. of course, you know, Izzy was just um, devastated. And I remember it was it was actually the only the third time I'd heard my dad cry, which just sent me completely sideways, you know. Mm. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, before I knew it, like two, two hours later, I was on the roof, like clearing leaves from the gutter. I just kind of threw myself into, yeah. you know, doing something like that. And then we, we were lucky. We were very lucky. We then went on holidays. So we were able to kind of digest it all. But I think anyone that's you know, had a miscarriage or, you know, God forbid the people who have, you know, lost children. It's, that's a different story. But I think it's just something that Izzy will always kind of talk about when it comes to the sort of anniversary of it. And you, you wonder, but at the same time, the overriding feeling is that we would have never maybe have met Lola if it hadn't happened. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you for being so honest. Wow. Yeah, thank you. And it's like Zoe said before, it's really interesting to hear a male perspective on, on miscarriage. Would you say that throughout, you know, that your fertility journey and, you know, the baby loss, that you're, you use distraction as a coping mechanism? Like you said that, you know, you were clearing the gutter two hours later because... Mm. You know, as women, I think we talk about things with our friends and like, we, you know, we discuss things a lot. And, uh, you know, from my experience, I guess men don't do that so much. Stereotypically, men don't. I, I'm, I talk a lot. Like, I talk too much. Um, and I, I overshare, like I tell. Um, but I think if, if I'm really honest, like the whole IVF experience, the whole miscarriage experience, you know, from my perspective, it is so much, it's so much more on the mum. You know, it's a hell of a lot more. They're the one carrying the baby. They're the one, you know, in, in some circumstances having to give birth to, to a miscarriage or they're the one having to give birth to your child. Like, it's so much more on the woman. And I, I really just felt like as a, as a husband, you're playing a supporting role mm. um, right up to the point where they're giving birth. You know, all I could do was just pat her head with a flannel and give her some snacks and some drinks, you know, like, and then the baby's born and the baby needs the mum. And obviously the role of the father is very important, but you are, I feel like you have to just step back and, and be the one that kind of does suddenly support. And I think if I'm honest as well, like the dynamic with mine and Izzy's relationship was, yep. is a dynamic in all relationships, but I was very much, she's the one that makes me a cup of tea in the morning, right? Yeah. And she, yeah, she yeah. always talks about this, her dad is the one that makes her mum a cup of tea in the morning. Yeah. My mum makes my dad a cup. Like, I'm so lucky. Izzy is, you know, we were only talking about this the other day, you know, like, I'm so lucky. She's, she looks, she's so kind. But then suddenly when you have a kid, that flips everything in the relationship. Yeah. And I think it really highlighted to me how maybe, not selfish I was, but how, like, that's the main difference in suddenly becoming a dad, 
it's not all about you. Um, and that was the kind of, and thankfully that kind of struck home quite quickly. To be completely honest, like when Izzy was going through that, I was going through a really exciting time in my life. Like we were touring with Busted. We did a collaboration with Busted. That yeah. was uh, McBusted. You know, we were selling out these arenas and we were on tour. And, you know, I was having a great time and I wasn't that kind of, I was like, you know, it will happen, don't worry. But Izzy was living it 100%, you know. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm just being honest. Like, I, I, yeah, I think it, from my experience, it is so much harder for the, for the woman. And, and I guess for anybody listening, because there will be lots of people that have either been through IVF or are going through IVF mm. at the moment and are maybe feeling quite isolated. Um, is there anything that really stuck out to you that really helped Izzy in your sort of levels of support apart from, you know, making a cup of tea and being there to pat down her brow and stuff like that? Was there anything that really sort of stood out? Yeah, I think for Izzy, I mean, it's been really nice actually. I've met people like over the past few years. In fact, just the other day I was at Guns N' Roses gig and a woman came up to me and was like, can you just thank your wife for writing her book, Dare's a Dream, which is all about her. IVF and miscarriage journey. Um, so, but for Izzy, the one thing I noticed was she really turned to uh, mindfulness, meditation, and I think from her experience, gentle exercise. At first, she went gun home, was like, I've got to cut out gluten and I've got to, I can't do this and I've got to go to the gym and I've got to be super healthy. And, and actually, that had the most negative effects. And I think gentle exercise, she would go for walks. Um, and she would listen to meditations. She loved listening to um, to talking meditations before. So after she had Kit, she she did, and she has talked about this on a couple of Instagram posts. So I'm sure she's fine with me talking about it. So after she had Kit, she didn't have a period again, and it got to about three years in, and she hadn't had a period, and obviously that's not ideal. So she started investigating about it and couldn't get to the bottom of why she wasn't. Um, and also after Kit, she gave birth and sort of just lost loads of weight. I don't know if like must have been a hormonal thing. And, and everyone was kind of telling her, oh my God, you look amazing. You've got two kids. How have you done this? And that kind of came quite um, well, a really nice thing to hear. So she sort of carried on exercising, being really strict with her food and stuff. And anyway, three years later, still no period. And we wanted to try for a third. And one day she was, she just, uh, dropped Kit off at nursery and she was walking back and feeling a bit low about the whole thing you know I obviously don't know what it's like but I imagine not having a period for three years not feeling like your system's working properly mm. she bumped into this woman in a coffee shop and for some reason she went to this different coffee shop she just didn't even know why and this woman came up to her and said oh Izzy I just want to say I really enjoyed your book and Izzy said oh thank you that you know that means a lot I really needed that today anyway they got talking and Izzy just told her about the situation she was in, how she's not having periods. And this, this lady said, look, go and buy this book. No period. It's called No Periods, Now What? So Izzy went to Waterstones, bought it or ordered it or whatever, bought it. And she said it was literally like it was reading her own story. And basically, there's something called the hypothalamus, which is something in your brain, I think. That was switched off. And the reason that was... And apologies to anyone listening who knows all about this, and I'm sounding so like simple about it, but this is my understanding. She was exercising uh, too much. She yeah. was doing restrictive, restrictive eating, so she wasn't eating enough. And she has struggles with anxiety anyway. 
And so the cortisol levels, the anxiety, the not getting enough calories, putting your body under too much stress with exercise basically switches that hypo, um, hypothalamus off, is therefore not having her cycles. So in the book, it basically said stop exercising and start eating three good meals a day. And literally, that was very difficult because obviously a bit of control around eating and feeling good about how you look. But she she did it. And that month, that next month, her first period arrived after. Wow, that's incredible. That is incredible. Wow. So so we go back to when she wasn't having periods with Lola, before Lola, and she was diagnosed with polycystic ovaries. And she thinks that she she maybe didn't have polycystic ovaries. Maybe Maybe it was the anxiety, she was suffering not eating enough, exercising too much, thinking she was being really healthy. I'm going to have a baby. I need to, I need to do yoga. I need to do this. I can't eat gluten. I can't eat this. I just, you know, yeah. and all that stress is switching off your system. And she wonders whether maybe um, that was, that was it in the first place. So, I mean, I, I found that fascinating. Um, and since then she's, wow. she's, she's back to exercising now, but in a, in a way that suits her better in a slightly more gentle way. And, you know, that's not to say, obviously it doesn't, happened to everyone but that was her experience so interesting now you mentioned before that Izzy's the one that makes the tea in the morning I I say I'm the one that makes the tea in the morning if my husband did drink tea but you know theoretically that's me what sort of parents are you what's your dynamic well I hate to say it but probably the one that a lot of um parents can relate to is that I'm the I'm the fun guy I'm the fun bus um <laughs> and Izzy is all the boring stuff our roles in our marriage have come more sort of defined with having children and I'd say we I wouldn't I wouldn't like to claim it was a 50 50 split but I think okay let's let's look at this the gardening the bins the cooking the cleaning so that's my and and the sort of I'll take the kids out swimming I'll take the kids swimming to the back kind of thing whereas Izzy's like school yeah. admin pack lunches clothes washing so we kind of have a pretty good split but i could not do the the like yeah the the ad the the school the The school admin admin. like she shows me her whatsapp group of the school whatsapps and i'm just like how do you cope like it's so you're not joining it then i just i'm so (laughs) i'm so disorganized anyway so i wouldn't be much hope but like you know, and Izzy's really always, even every now and again, she'll be like, oh, shit, I forgot to pack, you know, kids, I don't know, swimming stuff, or I forgot, you know, and she'll feel really bad about it. But, um, but yeah, often I'd say I work a little bit more than Izzy as well. She's very busy too. But often if, say, we're rehearsing for a tour or recording, you know, I'll come home at like 5.30, she's got them all fed and bathed. And then I come home and just ruin everything because I'm like, hey, and they're like, daddy. And then <laughs> I'm throwing all three of them around bedrooms and like they're all psyched up. And this is like, can you just, I just, just wanted to get into bed and I'm hungry and I'm tired. I know this feeling. <laughs> and it's like, and so she literally preps me now. She's like, when are you home? I'm like, I'm going to be home at about six o'clock. 6 30 i'd love to get back you know to see them she's like okay they're all fed they're all bathed please can you just keep it chilled like no games in the bedroom no going out to the garden story time calm so like the other day the kids were like begging me to do stuff and i was like mommy says i'm not allowed to we have to you know (laughs) 
So, so you're a good cop then, I'm aren't you? Cop. You're definitely I'm good, good cop. cop. And also, I'm such a pushover. Izzy's like be very much like like I'm I, I'm cooking, and Izzy's sat here just having a moment to chill. One of the kids comes in at like eight o'clock or whenever, and I'll go like, "Oh, darling, oh, are you okay? Come, come and cook with daddy." Comes, you know. Whereas Izzy's straight in, back to bed. Come on, back to your room. You know. <laughs> so that's very much. I'm a pushover. Yeah. <laughs> So you're working with Argos at the yeah. moment. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about that? Because I guess being good cop, this this feeds in quite nicely to that. It does, yeah. And obviously, like the present buying and the toys and stuff. And sometimes I just can't help it. I see things and I just uh, I know you shouldn't spoil your kids, but um, well, basically, yeah, I got involved. Easily, I done. know. Well, I got involved with Argos because it's actually their fiftieth birthday. It was kind of quite a sort of good partnership because I had some Argos toys when I was a kid. Um, some like musical instruments like tambourines and little mini drum kits and stuff. And I was just an absolute pain with them, like constantly playing with them. That was kind of the start of, you know, my journey into music and musical instruments. And a couple of years ago, I don't know if you remember, there was this Argos advert with this little girl playing on this mini drum kit. And I was like, I'm going to get that for, for Kit. And so I bought that for Kit and that's how he started on the drums. Um, and yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. And it's all about inspiring through play and, you know, about how a lot, of, I mean, I was flicking through the, um, one of the old 90s Argos catalogs the other day, which was... Oh my God. The Argos catalogue for me was basically like the Christmas mm-hmm. list. So my mum would literally plonk the Argos catalogue in front of me and then I would just cir- like, you know, just circle things like that I wanted or cut them out. I think everyone I did know, that. There's such a like, beautiful simplicity to it as well. Like if you think actually surfing, like searching things on the internet is actually just logistically a bit of a pain, clicking in and out, looking for things. Whereas like the catalogue was just there and it was just like, quite a therapeutic experience and anyway I was flicking through one from like the early 90s the other day and it was just so nostalgic a lot of the good stuff is still around today like a lot of the stuff I still now have for my kids Kit is just obsessively doing music Lola has always loved role play which I can't pretend that I enjoy that's like one parenting <laughs> job but and also it was like she went through this stage of it in lockdown where it was all day every day being like Okay, Daddy, you're the teacher at the school, and I'm the new girl. And and then she, they tell you what you have to do, and then they tell you what you have to say. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. just. And then you're doing it wrong. I'm always doing it wrong. No, you're not playing properly. No, no, no. I didn't say be like that. I said be like this. And I think okay, cool. Just play by yourself then. I'm, I know. I'm I try. Right. I, I feel tremendous amount of guilt with that. But that was one parenting fail from me. Is the make-believe stuff was just not my gig. I just did not enjoy that. Like, anything to avoid that. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, listen, it's been a really great chat. But before you go, we would love to ask your, like, one piece of parenting advice that you'd give to another parent or, like, the best piece of advice you've ever been given. God, I don't have any kind of, like, brilliant philosophical thoughts on parenting. I mean, I have a few things... Um, one thing with the make-believe actually is do doctors and nurses and be the patient so you can just lie down and you don't have to do you know what that is absolutely or I play spas yes play make-believe physio I play spas and Kit just gives me massage yeah yeah let's pretend 
Yeah, I'll be in the salon. <laughs> I like that one too. Um, also, yeah. <laughs> one thing that I've really enjoyed with, with kids, and, and this started when they were like three or four, is uh, well, I started running more since having kids because I found that was like a quicker way of doing exercise. But I got Lola was on stabilizers and Kit did balance bike. Now, if your kids were that at that age, 100% do the balance bike. Because Kit went from balance bike yeah. onto bicycle, literally, first time he was on a bike, he was away. And then, now I go for runs, and he comes along with me on his bike. So it's kind of like, I don't get, Izzy doesn't get too annoyed if I'm like, oh, I'm going for a run, because Kit comes with me. So there's a good little hack for you. That is a great piece yes. of advice. And what about, like, your products? Like, pet favourite sort of products for the kids, for you? I love the baby carriers. You know, like when they're little, like that's yeah. just lovely. <laughs> Izzy would be laughing if she heard this question. She'd be literally going, Go on then, what's your favorite baby product, Harry? What's your favorite baby product? What's your favorite cream? Hmm? Oh, love it. Oh, and also white noise, white noise. Just turn white it up. noise, absolutely. Turn it up. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Um, that's been really great. And yeah, it's been lovely to have you on. Thank Thanks you. For having me. I mean, what a total legend he is. <sighs> I know, absolutely. How wonderful. Yeah, and to be so open as well, you know, they've you know, they've got three healthy children now and sometimes it's really hard to go back and bring up those feelings and those you know, the harder times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean as with all of the guests that come on, you know, the podcast and they sort of open yeah, they open themselves up to everybody. Yeah. We're, we're always grateful, but yeah, really grateful to Harry. So thank you. Yeah, amazing conversation. And obviously, if you've been affected by anything that we've spoken about in the podcast today, please, please, please get in touch and let us know. We're always here for you guys. And also, I went a bit quiet at the end. I had a bit of a family nightmare um, and had to get my mum to the airport. So that's why I dropped off and didn't say goodbye. But um, really grateful to Harry for, for being so honest and present with us. Uh, as always, we'd love you to rate, review, subscribe, and please give the podcast a little follow. That would be amazing. Yeah, and if you've got any feedback or any guests you'd like to hear from, then please do drop us a DM. We're on at Made by Mamas on Instagram, and we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production, and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.